I also want to get some of your comments on hydrogen and how Alberta is actually leading the country in terms of hydrogen production. This is an $11 trillion industry, so it's definitely not one that we can ignore. Uh, so what does it look like for Alberta to become or remain a global leader? We're going to get into that right now with the CEO of Edmonton Global. Malcolm Bruce is joining the show. Malcolm, good morning. Thanks so much for making the time. Good morning. Happy to be here. Malcolm, let's kind of go back to the beginning about what, what hydrogen production really looks like here in, in Alberta, in our province, and uh, how we can really become or at least remain a leader when it comes to hydrogen production. Can you explain to me a little bit from where you're coming? What is, what is it that your company represents and does? So Edmonton Global is the Edmonton Metropolitan Region Economic Development Company. So our goal is to try and attract foreign direct investment into the region, as well as uh, help companies from the region get into the export market space, be it domestically or in international markets. So when it comes to hydrogen, I mean, this is a huge, huge market. It's, it's an 11, it's estimated to be an 11 or $12 trillion market. This is definitely something uh, that Alberta cannot ignore. Where do we stand in terms of our, our hydrogen production and how we stack up? Uh, well, this is the beauty about being where we are, both in Alberta, but also in Canada. So we have the geology, we have the low-cost feedstock, we have the expertise in this industry already, and we're also producing in Alberta two-thirds of all the hydrogen production that is currently occurring in Canada. So we're really well positioned. Uh, there's a couple of things that we've done to take advantage of that. We created the first Edmonton Region Hydrogen Hub, so the first hydrogen hub in Canada that really brings all the partners together, First Nations, uh, associations, businesses, and also uh, the political, federal, provincial, and regional to bring this opportunity to bear. So what are some potential issues that we're facing here in Alberta? Or is it all just amazing, uh, you know, we, we're sitting on a ton of hydrogen production and we're just going to make a bunch of money off of it? No, I think, you know, the Business Council of Alberta, which we align with um, in the report, I think was very uh, frank in terms of some of the challenges. So there's really two. The first one is domestically. Domestically, what we need to do is build a demand. So where's the hydrogen going to be used? Because that then enables people to build infrastructure as well as the production side. So the, the wolf closest to the sled, so to speak, is transportation, heavy haul. So we're really focused on uh, trying to bring uh, hydrogen into the heavy and uh, duty truck uh, systems to allow them to convert to from diesel into hydrogen. So that's our first big sort of swing to try and build the demand market domestically. So we've got a 5,000 vehicle challenge. We're hoping to be announcing at our Canadian Hydrogen Conference on the 25th to the 27th of April here, which is, of course, the largest in North America. And that will really help drive domestic demand, including refueling stations, infrastructure, all that kind of stuff. The challenge internationally, though, is getting product to market. So there's a demand. Five of the biggest markets in the world are Germany, uh, China, South Korea, Japan, and uh, California. Four of those markets are on our West Coast. But in order to get the tens of millions of tons of hydrogen they're looking for by the end of 2050, we need to move it to the coast. And we need infrastructure on the coast, and we need infrastructure to get it there. So as you know, Canada struggles in building large-scale infrastructure. So that is going to be the number one challenge to deliver the opportunity for Canada to get product to market. What does support look like um, from a government perspective then in terms of creating that infrastructure? 
Well, it, in terms of policy, so if you look, uh, the federal government has produced an excellent uh, strategy to be able to drive. They want to be a top three producer of hydrogen for the global marketplace. So uh, from a policy perspective, they're in. Alberta is very aligned and also very supportive of this through the roadmap for hydrogen. So excellent alignment between them. The question now is activation. And as you know, the the, the activation piece has always been problematic. So, for example... A pipeline. We can move millions of tons probably by rail, but we're going to need to be able to move tens of millions of tons, and that's only going to be done by pipeline. So we need to have that conversation. Uh, and I know the various levels of government are starting those talks, but they've got to be quicker because we're in a global race. And the United States have put in some uh, legislation that really makes our competitive advantage is starting to diminish if we can't move on the infrastructure. Will there still be a place for Alberta or for Canada on that global stage to uh, to provide hydrogen, even if we don't necessarily get to the, the front of the line for that race that you're mentioning against countries like Canada or um, China and Germany? Yeah, so at the end of the day, there's always going to be a need for our product because Canada produces, and Alberta in particular, some of the cleanest, most responsible um, energy products in the world. The challenge has is that international investors and international buyers say, yeah, it's great, but you've got to get product to us. So right. we will get millions of tons to people, so they'll buy that. But we won't be able to get the really hit the, the full potential of this opportunity unless we uh, unless we build that necessary infrastructure. And just look at LNG, right? Liquid natural gas. I mean, we've only got one facility that's not quite open yet. And yet we know energy security from Japan, from Germany, they're in desperate need of our uh, product, and they love to buy it from Canada, but we can't deliver it to them, so they're buying it from Kuwait and other places. So what's the push? Is it just putting pressure on federal and provincial governments to try to, to make some inroads here? Well, I think it is. I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's about um, we've all identified we want to be top three supplier of uh, hydrogen in the world. We know what we need to get there. It's just a question of accelerating that collaboration to be able to get to a point where everybody agrees to a direction or a process so that we can get these pipelines built. That's going to be a key component. When we think long term, at least in terms of our province, what what does this look like for our economy is this something that's going to be a safety net for the next century? I mean, what does this really mean for us? Well, if, if my, you know, if the predictions on the global marketplace are correct, by 2050, this is an 11 or 12 trillion dollar opportunity. That translates for Canada into about 100 billion dollars a year, and most of that will be in Alberta because of our geology and our technology and our skill sets here. Like, for example, carbon capture and storage, where carbon is. When we extract the hydrogen from natural gas, the carbon gets stored underground. So we have those technologies in place today. We also have the skills and the requisite expertise today. So what we're saying is this could be uh, another uh, add-on to our energy pie that people are looking for. So fossil fuels are still an important part of the energy mix on a go-forward basis. How we use those fossil fuels will be different. Hydrogen is a good example of how we're taking natural gas and converting it to a cleaner um, more climate-friendly fuel source that will still enable this sector to, to, to move forward. 
You mentioned um, on the domestic level talking about retrofitting vehicles, transport vehicles uh, to to run on hydrogen. What about personal vehicles? Is that something that we're going to see uh, in the in the coming years? I mean, what does that look like? When am I get? When am I putting hydrogen in my car? Yeah, so that's exactly it. So right now, California's got over 200 refuel, hydrogen refueling stations in them, and they're for all sorts of vehicles, from a domestic car to a, uh, you know, to a heavy haul transportation truck. The challenge is, is electrification will probably be better suited for cars because they don't need the torque to drive heavy, heavy vehicles. So where we see the real play for uh, transportation sector will be in trucking, buses. Think about garbage trucks, those kind of things that need a lot of engine power and torque to be able to move products around. So that's where we're going to see uh, a big uh, play. That's not exclusive, though, because right now we're working in partnership in the Edmonton region for things like our airport is looking at converting all their in-field vehicles, you know, from baggage vehicle movements to those kind of things, to hydrogen. So there are going to be plays across the board. And Toyota, for example, has already got uh, hydrogen vehicles that are are being deployed. And you'll see some of those pilots occurring in Edmonton here in this next year. Yeah. So, okay, one more question on that. Is is converting vehicles to to run on hydrogen the best approach? I mean, is that the most cost effective or wouldn't it just be to manufacture new ones? So that, that's a very good question. So it's all the technology for pure hydrogen vehicles is still, I would say, probably two years away from being fully commercialized and deployed. So there's a couple of buses now in the Edmonton, Strathcona uh, bus fleets that are running on hydrogen. There are two heavy haul trucks that have just arrived into the region. And these are pilots to see what works, what doesn't. And they're pure hydrogen engines. Cummings, for example, which everybody knows they're diesel, they're working on a combustion engine for hydrogen. So some of these technologies are still coming. However, dual fuel, which means taking a diesel engine today, we can convert up to or add into uh, a diesel engine up to 40% hydrogen mix uh, with recalibrating the diesel engine. So you don't have to do anything to the diesel engine. You just have to recalibrate it, and it will accept up to 40% blend of hydrogen. And we have four companies, two here and two in Vancouver, that are already doing that and have the technology. And the beauty is they apply artificial intelligence to ensure the calibration is continuous all through the the blending period when they're driving. We can get a truck now working up to 1,100 kilometers on a dual-fuel diesel-hydrogen mix engine. Wow. Malcolm, thank you so much for uh, for explaining all of this and uh, for coming on the show this morning. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.